All right, so Pilot Boys are back, episode number four, with 40% less technical difficulties. Let's get into it, bitch. That was that was an introduction. Yeah, I like that. that. Bring that energy a little more. Yeah. I might send you to Texas a little more often yeah, you know. if you come back with that. Your boy, your boy is back from Texas. How was Texas? Uh, it was cool. I liked it. It was everything was so stretched out. We stayed like thirty miles away from where we actually were. Are you guys were you guys nearby the city or was this like something? So we stayed in Round Rock, which is fifteen twenty miles something like that away from Austin. And yeehaw, dude, I had a fucking Ford Explorer. Mm-hmm. And your boy had them speakers. Your boy felt, your boy felt real big. Now, do you think people from Texas get annoyed when they're like affiliated with cowboys and stuff? I don't think so. I think it depends. Well, okay, we stayed in Austin, right? So Austin is considered the liberal part of Texas. Mm-hmm. So there is that like Texan pride, but it's not the Texan pride that we know and is uh, like portrayed in movies and shit. Okay. So I think so, because I think that the cowboy stuff is seen as like backwards. I went to Dallas not too long ago and I didn't catch any of that. The tech, the cowboy Yeah, shit. like the whole thing. Like, you know, and it, the Dallas cowboy. Did you see anyone with like, or did you speak to anyone with a, an accent? Like a Texas accent? I don't Texan think accent? so. Maybe like even the employees where I would go to restaurants and stuff, I didn't pick it up at all. The only place I really caught the accent was when I went to Houston. Uh, and we went to this, this Vietnamese Cajun place, mm-hmm. and the waitress had like a thick accent. She said "y'all" like every other word. Yeah, yeah, it was like a lot of y'all. <laughs> funny thing was, she wasn't even white; she was Asian. Maybe that's maybe that's a gimmick. Yeah, I don't know, but I see. I I did run into it at the more like traditionally Texas places, mm-hmm. like the places that survived gentrification. I'm guessing okay. they were more like they had that southern accent, but it wasn't everyone. Like most people just spoke like regular ass people. Like hit me with those restaurants though, dude. So we went to Franklin's, right? Mm-hmm. Franklin's is the restaurant to go to. We waited four hours for that shit. And this tech, this barbecue place mm-hmm. is supposed to be like the best in the world. Mm-hmm. And we waited four hours for it. Oh my god, dude, it was great though. I would highly four recommend. Four hours. Yeah, we've waited. Well, Jesus. So me and Karen are big on like trying new places. And- Anyway, let's let's get into how was your week? I haven't seen you since I left. Which it's been like a week and a half, maybe two. Yeah, it's been a while. Like roughly 12, 13 days. And then we had saw each other so Who's like, counting? repeatedly. Yeah. From the last part. Yeah. Um pretty good actually. I've been watching what is the Cuban show called on Netflix? One day at a time? Yeah. I'm, how far, how far I'm are close you? to the end. I'm like in the 12th oh, episode sh- for the new season? No, the first season. Oh. So, this show it's got me. Yeah. It's got me bad. I think it's a it's like a sweet little it's like a love letter to Yeah, but you know I'm I really connect with the mom. Yeah. Cause my mom is the same Dude, a, way. She my mom is just the same way. And you know, I'm not Cuban or anything, so I can't really I'm twenty five percent Cuban just for people. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? So so right now they're in they're doing I don't know if you want me to tell you. Yeah, it's fine. So the daughter came out to the mom. Oh really? Yeah, she did. Oh, that's and cool. I thought they that's did. That's something it. they don't do much in Latino narratives. Yes. Yeah. So, the way the mom reacted, I just like I already knew that's exactly how my mom would act mm. if I ever. Which is funny because they present her as like a feminist. Like in the fourth or fifth episode, she's like, "Yeah, I'm like a feminist." 
or whatever. Oh, the episode where she has the the problem. Like no, it wasn't it the when she had the problem with her coworker. Yeah, but it's also like so. The Kings is the first episode, right? Yeah, it is. So after that, well, I guess I was just talking about the first episode, but she t- walks into the the daughter's room and she's like, "Oh, well, like you think that you just know about this feminist stuff, and I don't." Mm-hmm. So I think that's interesting that you say that she reacted that way because mm-hmm. there's different kinds of feminism, right? So there's yeah. like the gender empowerment, which is just you put gender over everything, but there's also feminism where it's intersectional, where like you look at class, you look at gender, you look at sexuality, like mm-hmm. gay, bi, whatever. Um, so it's interesting you bring that up because I feel like Latinos have trouble with feminism. Not all of them, of course. Yeah, so she tells her or whatever. Later on in the episode, she acknowledges that she has a problem with it, like yeah. to herself. Yeah. But she's too afraid to come out to the daughter that okay. she has a problem with it because yeah, yeah. like she loves her so much. It's just, I already know. That's, that's, that's so interesting because... I feel like that's that's a very common experience for Latinos where they're okay with people being gay or like gay as a construct, but as soon as it's in their realm or in their family, they're not okay with it. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Anything else? Yeah. Uh, cousin's birthday party. Okay. Nothing. I've actually been watching a lot of shit. So it's been a while. I caught up on like Atlanta, which is great that it's back now. We finished on the on my block. Oh, you did? I don't know if I want to, like... Don't spoil it for me. I, I, won't, I won't spoil it for you, but I don't know if I want to tell you, like, how I feel about it. Just give me a yay or nay, that's all. I think it's good. Like, it's it's cool. It, it does feel very awkward-esque. Mm. Like, it feels like the show awkward. But there's some issues. There's a lot, especially for right off the second episode. There's, there's some issues. It's just like, this is odd. I feel like they put a lot of their chips in the first episode. But after seeing the whole thing, there there's... A lot more issues than I would have expected. You know what's funny, though? You know what I thought about when I actually watched this again, the first episode. Really? I watched it again. With yeah. Because uh, one of my cousins, gotcha. I told them about it or whatever. And, you know, at first I did it for the laughs yeah. because I, I told them that a few, of the, a few of the things were funny and just ridiculous. But as soon as I finished it, I, I realized that it this show wasn't really meant for people our age. Right? Like 20 and up? Yeah. Okay. Because it's a whole different like generation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, like kids in South Central. I mean, we don't know if they're like that. It's kind of the first of its kind, which is what we got into the last episode. But the issues I had with the the series is the really cheesy stuff, like the CW type stuff, the mm-hmm. relationships and some of the awkward dialogue and shit like that. But I would recommend it to people. I think you should watch it. The ending is... It's a good one. Did you do that in Texas? No, we just finished it, like, this weekend. Oh, okay. I wanted to finish it because everyone keeps raving about it. And it's one of those shows where, like, it's that middle ground of relatable and approachable and, like, in touch with the culture at the moment. Yeah, so the more I watched it, the le- the more I felt a little bad. I feel like I buried it in the podcast. Yeah, we shat on it. I was like, oh man, maybe maybe they got a few things right. You know? Yeah, I think I think I think it was a solid pilot. Because I mean, this is the, we're, we're not here to talk about the entire series. Yeah, we're we're just here to talk about the pilot. We well, just Texas. I mean, a lot of great shows have bad pilots. Yeah, that's but true. we should get into that in another episode. Yeah, we definitely will. Uh-huh. Anyway, so you want to get into it? 
Yes, so Krypton. So today we're doing Krypton. Me and Tantos were big Smallville stands. <laughs> Actually, that's, that's one of the reasons why you we became pretty good friends. Yeah, so I watched it in middle school in Mexico. When I went to Mexico, my uncle was a huge fan. This was like eighth grade summer going to ninth. I met you 10th grade, so by that time it was season six, and we would go over to your house. And it wasn't until we were in college that I would go over to your house and watch episodes, like the newer ones. Mm -hmm. Because I had kind of given up on it, but you, you kept yeah, it. Yeah, you kind of dropped out a little bit. And then you, you dropped out of it, and I rewatched it and, and still enjoyed it, even though it was terrible. We, we, we should say that. That last season was rough. Smallville is not good. It's not. It's, it's not, but it's a pioneer. It has highlights. It definitely does. It has highlights. It has great heartwarming moments. Funny moments, but it's it's a tough ride, and especially how long it is too. And I think a lot of the issues come from. I mean, I don't know. You think this show kind of? Well, I guess CW, which was WB when it started, set this tone or like a house style of these over dramatized moments, this melodramatic shit, teenage angst or whatever. And I think Smallville, for me, because it was my, my first big exposure to the network. KTLA. Oh, my God. That frog, though. <laughs> Thinking about it now, it's, like, unbearable to watch. You know what? I give them their props, though. Yeah, but they were the yeah. first to jump on the superhero train. And not just superheroes, but, like, they developed them as a character. Because you grew up with him. This show, Smallville, literally like jump started their whole dc thing yeah because now they do like they have like they have like four five they shows. literally have a superhero show every day yeah that's crazy i mean good on them if they're and successful I think, you know, like smallville all the bad things about it it was the first to ever do it and I, i'm not gonna say they did it right but they did it and they, I, they laid a lot of the groundwork for we live in an age now where superheroes have reached the boiling point I am. I didn't ever think I would say this, but I'm tired of watching superhero shows. Not superhero shows. I'm tired of watching superhero media, films, TV shows, whatever. It's just gotten to the point where it's it's similar stories. So the ones that stand out are the ones who do stuff different. We have Legion that's that's been out recently. We have Daredevil, which made big waves when it first came out. Jessica Jones, Luke Cage. And the DC stuff, I fell off hard after Arrow. I couldn't, I couldn't watch after Arrow. I couldn't agree with you more. Even like with Daredevil. Like it became so successful. It was amazing. It was different. It was gritty. It was all of those things. And now they want to do this. They want to do that. Which, I mean, we should even mention that Marvel trying to make new TV shows. Their last show before Jessica Jones was terrible. Iron Fist was fucking terrible. Defenders was god awful. So even them, I think you just reach a point where, like, if you don't put in that care and treat it like anything else that's a story, it's just going to suck. And people just watch stuff because it's superheroes. You still watch The Flash, right? Yes, I do still watch The Flash. And why, why do you watch it? Why do you, why do you have to bring up that I watch The Flash? I mean, I don't think it's, a, it's an embarrassing thing because I think a lot of people still like that show a lot. It's high key a guilty pleasure. You think so? Yeah. It's, I, I feel it's a guilty pleasure. Like, I don't tell... The people I watch Flash, I don't think. I mean, I don't think it's a secret. Like, we, me and Tatos have vastly different interests Extremely in media. Extremely different. I am more the cinematic, narrative-driven stuff. He just watches 
bad television. Yeah, like fluff TV. I and I, I can't do it. I mean, now, now that we're doing this pod, I'll venture, but I usually avoid that. I'm, I'm self-aware, though, at least. Yeah, I, I think you and Karen are very self-aware. Yeah. You guys both. I enjoy watching nothing, bad television. There's nothing wrong with watching bad television. You're not like a piece of shit for doing it. But kind of. I mean, yeah. So why do you still watch the? I feel like when I started watching The Flash, I wasn't aware of all of its bad points. Yeah. And now that I'm invested, it just stretch everything out. Yeah, it's just it's pretty bad. And these seasons go on way too long. Like these things could easily be 12 episodes. Yeah. And it's just like they they dive into different plot points that don't even matter, and it's it's filler. It's yeah. so Krypton is a sci-fi show which is set two hundred years before the birth of Kal El, which and, is Superman, which is Superman, obviously, and the eventual destruction of Krypton. Krypton. Yeah. So the show's created by Damian Kindler. He's had a a career in sci-fi shows. He did Sleepy Hollow, which isn't really sci-fi, but he also did this other show called Sanctuary. He was the creator of it. Oh, really? And he also worked on Stargate. I've which seen I see a, a lot of the Century promos for Sanctuary. Yeah, I see he also did Stargate, which is I see a lot of that in the show, that world building. But oh. now the co-creator <laughs> is David S. Goyer, who is a complicated person for me. Here we go. Because everything he does is really hit or miss. He did such movies as Blade Trinity, but he also wrote Blade 2, which is the best in the series. Even Blade 1, he wrote Blade 1, which is one of the better ones as well. He also kind of had a hand in the Nolan trilogy, right? He wrote The Dark Knight. Oh, come on, dude. Or if he didn't write it, he contributed to the story. But he also did Man of Steel and he did Batman or Superman. So this motherfucker's all over the place. He's very much entrenched in the DC universe. And he's kind of the go-to guy. Or he's the consultant or something like that. Mm-hmm. He's a very important dude. He is. Yeah. He is. I, th- I definitely think he is. All right. So he was created by him and David Kindler. And the show takes place True. in Krypton 200 years before. So what we really get is like the inner workings. Well, I guess we should do the recap. You want to do the recap? So Krypton is set 200 years before kal is born. Starts off with val which is... The main character, Seg. Grandfather. So Val is being charged for treason. The the house sigil, which is a Superman sigil, that's the L sigil. It's disgraced because Val, who is the leader of the house at the moment, gets ostracized or exiled and put to death. So then it, it cuts to 14 years later. So 14 years later, Seg, he's in like in a bar fight, get an introduction to him. And what he's like. He stops terrorist attack. Darren, he notices. And he tries to bind him with his daughter. It's like combining the the houses together through... Arranged marriage. Uh, yeah, but through concepts, through a child, pretty much. Yeah. The characters... Yeah. So we see this hooded figure who's tailing Seg. And he tells him that he's from the future. And he wants to save Krypton. And he gives him this mysterious crystal, and he talks to his parents about the crystal, and he goes to the oh. famed Fortress of Solitude, which has been in every Superman thing or whatever. So he goes there with his mom, who saves him from some encounter. And the mom... So they go back to the city, and the mom gets caught, and it just kind of takes off from there. So the mom gets caught, 
Then she gets tried, and then they want to know who she was with. So the dad volunteers. And Seg is there to see his parents get killed. Yeah, and then the episode kind of ends with Adam Strange introducing what the threat is going to be, which is Brainiac, who goes to planets and destroys them and then takes them over. And the last scene is just him standing in, in the house sigil, him pondering whether or not he's going to take on the task. End episode. So now what I want to get into before we get into the themes and before we get into anything else is the issues that I always have with Superman narratives and the issue I kind of had with Man of Steel is whenever you go into Krypton, it's going to be a fucking problem. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a problem because the more you know about Superman, the less interesting he is. The less you know about Superman, the more interesting he is. Because it's not important whether or not you know how he has his powers. What's important is that he has these powers and what he does with them. The issues I had with Man of Steel is the whole first act about him being in Krypton and like the inner struggle, it didn't add anything into who he is as a person. What's interesting is that he's a god, but he does what he can with his powers because he's a good person. It's interesting because his family taught him like these American values or whatever. So I went in with like, they're doing a show about something that we shouldn't even really be talking about. But, you know, I was I was surprised. I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was very. It was kind of like Game of Thrones. I didn't know what to expect because this is my first ever like sci fi show. Oh, okay. I never seen I've never a sci fi show from that network either. So I was like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah, we're 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 out of uh, the NBC territory, so we were a little lost out here. And the Netflix. Yeah, we're we're no longer in uh, Netflix NBC territory. Oh, yeah. And we also this is also our first cable network show. Not only cable, but our non comedy first non comedy. Uh, so we won't even be talking about the humor, although there was a little bit. A little bit. So yeah, so I think the style of the show, and this is something that David S. Corey does a lot too. It's very dark and gritty. He, everything he does has to be like this brooding, self-serious. Everything's kind of dark. It just like, like something went wrong. Let me ask you something since uh, you read the comic books. Is everyone in Krypton European? No. Which is what I <laughs> well, I mean, okay. So, so I thought it was a little odd. But see, also David S. Goyer, he always deals with British people. That didn't really bother me that much. No, I was just, I was just like, oh. Okay. It just, you know what made sense? It's a Game of Thrones show. It's, yeah, a, it's trying to be Game of Thrones really hard. I don't know about really hard. <laughs> okay, it seems... Honestly, to describe the show, it'd be like... Some, some fantasy show about... Medieval show in space. Yeah. Pretty much. Let's stick with the style. So it's kind of dark and gritty. And what adds to the dark and gritty is the look of Krypton. It was all dark. Yeah, it was very dark. It was, there was one moment where... They showed Krypton, like the buildings, and it looked like Gotham. I don't remember there ever being like sun. There was never sun. Right? It was like locked in like this dusky, darkish, cloudy thing going on. Did you have a problem with that? I thought it was okay. It worked. I think think if I remove what I like about Superman, Uh it's okay. But I was like, this is, I guess, I guess it's okay. It didn't bother me that much. Uh, I was like, <laughs> I just the whole time I was just thinking, did he like sleep during the day? Yeah, it, it felt like the Matrix, very dark kind of world building. You know what I mean? Very Planet Vegeta. Yeah, it's never a day there either. It was, it was not some magical place. Yeah, 
even like the little lighthearted moments, they were dark. So yeah. when we're introduced to Seg, he's like in a bar fight. I, I, well, at least as a as an older person, like as a in the age that he's he's at yeah. now. So fourteen years after the death after of his grandfather, exactly. So he's in a bar fight, but he's it's very much treated like Star Trek, where he he pretends like he doesn't know how to fight, and he's kind of like this disgraced person. And then, like all of a sudden, he's like really good at fighting. Kirk does get into a bar fight in the first. One. He literally does. Yeah, like it's it's taken, does. it's lifted right out of it. Yeah, and and the the lighthearted moments are like he's making jokes, even though he's like in the midst of possibly losing his life. But at no point do you ever think that he's gonna get hurt, die severely. It's very much a way to build the oh look at how cool he is. Like he can actually fight, but he pretends not to. Kind of. So those are like the lighthearted moments, and there's just like little jokes here and there. And I think the more warmer moments are like the light, lighter parts of it, the romance that he has with one of them. I dig it. Another part of the dark and gritty mm-hmm. is Lyta, which is the, the kind of the, the romantic partner, I guess. She's part of this group called the Sagittarius or the Sagis, right? Oh my god, this is Game of Thrones. I fucking told you! Oh I super told you this is... Like, okay, so... House Frey Lannister. Yes, House oh L, House Zod, House Vex. There's all these houses. So we're introduced into this character called Lyta. And it's like a dojo almost, like a ring where they fight. The first person the mom fights, Lyta's mom, she fights him with a sword and she beats his ass. <laughs> that was awesome. So it's this scene where... We're introduced to like this this group who are called the Sagis, which is the enforcement for the governing power, which is Rao. They are very much Spartan-esque. They fight a lot and they're all about not giving mercy. No feeling. So Lyta gets chosen to fight against the the head, the leader of this fighting thing. They're um Daenerys' army. Unsullied. The unsullied. But not not that extreme. Yeah. So she gets chosen to fight and she gets stabbed. And then you find out that it's her mom. That's pretty hardcore. Those moments were cool. It was it was like a way of like increasing the stakes or whatever. But that falls into the dark and gritty feel of the show. And it's very sci-fi. You feel like these futuristic The little armor. And then like the armor. And I caught like the, the style. Of the clothing, the way I was able to tell that it was different is when I saw Adam Strange, who's dressed in like American clothing with like a with like a hat, the Detroit Tigers hat. But yeah, so that's kind of the feel of the show. It's like this futuristic kind of fantasy medieval thing going on. Game of Thrones meets the first. It felt very Star like Trek? Stargate Atlantis to me. I'd never seen that. But I used to watch. It was daytime television. Uh, yeah, yeah. So when I was home from school, I would watch it on occasion. It was like it was that random like Saturday, eleven a.m. Yeah, like once the cartoons are over. Yeah, and, and it funny. feels kind of like I don't know. There's this weird dramatic thing going on with it. I don't know. It's, to me, Stargate exists in this space where it was not cartoons anymore. So I didn't like it much when I was a kid. Because I was all about cartoons, and when I saw this, it was, like, too adult, too serious. And, like, now to me, it's still in my head. I mean, of course, I've watched a bunch of shit at this point, like, sci-fi shit. But it still kind of lives in that space. And this show reminded me a lot of Stargate because 
it had that feel. It was kind of darkish. It was like kind of dirty and like industrial a little bit. And I, I don't know. I, I, I dig it, but it's also kind of weird. Like it. So do you think this is going to be one of those shows where TNT buys it or something and they're played at midnight? I, yeah. I mean, if it, if it gets that far. You know what I mean? But we'll talk about the predictions later on. Uh, so, okay. Let's get to the themes. So it's very much one of those shows where it's the making of a hero. As soon as you, you watch the show, or as soon as it cuts to 14 years later, it's already like Kirk from yeah. Star Trek. It's him being presented as this guy who's kind of charming and kind of funny and kind of like badass. The first scene is a way to have you sympathize for him. You already know that his task is going to be what his grandpa gets killed for. They're going to do the whole come from behind, the whole doubt himself. Yeah. I mean, if there's a checklist, it's... He's kind of ambitious and kind of has a big heart. Check. He loses his parents. Check. And he's kind of like smart. A little arrogant. Funny, sometimes. Arrogant. I don't know how you felt about this, but did you catch like the Romeo and Juliet thing going on? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so he's like House they, L. They, they got me to root for them though. <laughs> so Seg is from House L, which was disgraced because of his grandpa. Which is, he's the ancestor of Kal-El. Mm-hmm. Lyta is from the Zod family, who's also been known as one of the villains from Superman, which is Zod, who came out in Man of Steel. He's also come out in various other Superman narratives. She is part of the Sagis, which kind of hates anyone who's rankless or whatever. So Sag is rankless, and they're kind of like star-crossed lovers because one of them is disgraced, and the other one comes from like, a nice family and, and they're kind of warring and she is also said to bind with someone else exactly so that yeah. that's kind of like the basis of their their romance i don't know if it was just me but i feel like the romance scene gave me more for her than it did for him like i feel it added a whole other layer of character for her because before that i just saw her as like some warrior okay. uh, pretty kind of dull like oh there's tension between me and my mother yeah. but now i like I feel like I see her as a person more, okay. as I saw her like love him. Uh, I don't know. I just got more out of her right. than I did. So yeah, I, I I can agree with that. I think that yeah, that that scene, even though it was a little cheesy, yeah, it, it helps to like build their motivations pretty well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this episode, this first episode, is very much a groundwork episode. Like we're gonna set up the main characters. There's a lot of world building going on. Definitely. And I think another little narrative that was kind of embedded in there was about time travel. Which DC shows love to play with time travel. Adam Strange goes to the past to give warning about what's going to happen to Krypton. And I, that sets up like the villain. So you already have this villain hero dynamic that's going to come up. But it's in between this the system of governance or the way that, the, that Krypton ap- operates, which is like this hierarchy or this monarchy of Someone at the top and people enforcing it. I like that they didn't give too much with him. With who? With Adam. Darren? Oh, Adam? Adam Strange. Yeah, I felt like that was very tame. Like they did yeah, a good job. Like they could have they could have explained the time traveling. They could have explained like a lot of things with him, but nothing. I like that. You know what I am tired of with Superman stories though? Is where they're like, Oh, Superman, you're gonna be the greatest of all time. But and even in Smallville they did it a lot. Yeah. Like you're gonna be the best hero that ever lived. But since it's 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 prequel, we're never gonna see that because it's not about that. 
So I hate when they do that because it's just like, okay, that's cool. Like, I'm tired of it. Like, it just kind of, I think that to me kind of made the show lose a little bit of its stakes Mm -hmm. because we already know what the show's about. And I think this suffers from anything that's a prequel. Since we already know what the outcome is, there's there's always this like, okay, so why do we care? You know what I mean? I do. That's something I hate. It's kind of like Rogue One. Oh, even though I that Darth Vader scene was really good. That was the most trash scene. I'm sorry. No, we disagree. But it's very much one of those things where, you know, but it is a little different because right now, what's going on in culture? Superman is not the Superman we know and love anymore. Superman is this dark, the current state of Superman from Man of Steel, Batman vs Superman and Justice League. He's not the beacon of hope that we always know. Which is okay. I'm okay. I was okay with that because I wasn't the, huge, the biggest Superman fan. But this is very much, I think, getting back to that who Superman was at his roots. Not the dark kind of just kills people Superman. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's trying to harken back to a time where Superman was like the beacon of hope. Because he is. I mean, at the, at the core of who Superman is, is he's someone who helps in spite of not needing to. So what happens is in Justice League is, so he died in Batman vs Superman. Died, quote unquote. We all knew that he wasn't gonna die, and he gets brought back to life in Justice League. And what he does is, he's not in like a right mental state because he came back from death, and he attacks his Justice League. But it's very much like we know no one's gonna die. Like this is this is nothing. And then at the end, he's like cracking jokes and like fighting. But he was like the ace in the hole or whatever. Like he Gosh. finds a way to like. But so Superman is not the same as he as he's been. He, it's this weird state of where Superman is. And I think this show harkens back to that time where Superman was the greatest hero of our time. And it's kind of showing his his family background, which is cool. I'm OK with it. But I don't know. I, I still think there is a little bit of that. Talking about. What makes Superman Superman? Like going into the specifics about his background isn't as interesting as him saving the world to me. He has the most not interesting beginnings, I feel, from like a lot of these superheroes. Well, that's the thing is the more you know about him, the less interesting he is. I feel that like, for example, like Bruce, like he has a lot of help with the death of his parents. Well, yeah, but that's also kind of tired at this point. So, okay, I wanted to talk about the class issues. And the way that we get the class issues is by them setting up the inner world, which is we have this governing system, which is hierarchy or monarchy, Mm -hmm. where there's someone at the top and then there's varying degrees of who has power. With SAG, he's obviously someone, since he's been disgraced, someone who doesn't have much power, but the audience is meant to identify with someone who's from a lower class, kind of like Aladdin. He's kind of like the Aladdin, you know what I mean? So... He's, he is very much the defender of the people and like people around him. And we get that when one of the guards is bullying one of the peasants. I guess it, they're not peasants, but one of the, 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 the poverty class. They're peasants. I, if, if we were sticking to that monarchy mm-hmm. analogy, they would be peasants. Yeah, they're pretty much peasants. I think this show does a good job at, at trying to get you to like him. Not only like him, but just like people from that class. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, well, look at how boring these people from the governing system are. And look at how 
fun these people like look how much fun they're having yeah and i also think part of the class issues which i think the da vinci's demons got into a little bit because da vinci and da vinci's demons is he's a day laborer he doesn't really have a job he just kind of works he's a work for hire pretty much and then he gets hired by this famous family to do stuff and i think this guy's the the character of seg is very similar to da vinci because da vinci's demons was also created by david escoyer and there's also darren who's like kind of the antagonist so far he's one of the main characters in da vinci's demons no so anyway so yeah so i think the the class issues are cool because they they set up the inner world of krypton and i think that's one of the stuff that hooked me to the show and within that because it's about monarchy, there's issues of gender. And there was only one very small hint of saying it. So Darren wants to recruit Seg into his house, which is Vex. And him and his, his daughter... Which is obviously shady because he killed his freaking grandpa. Exactly. So he, yeah. he, he's very much one of those, like, he's like a little finger. Like, he wants yeah. to use his position and gain more power. So there's a scene where... Seg and Lysa. So Seg and Lysa go into this chamber that shows you what your child would be like. And she talks about how her dad chose Seg, which is Darren. Darren pretty much derailed their entire family. How he chose Seg to take him under his wing and kind of cultivate him and and make him a better person. They go into this and then she talks about how her dad didn't choose Seg on his own, she kind of manipulated into it. And she also admits that there's this gender divide where pretty much the men get to decide what women do. She's kind of like, oh, it's a miracle that I'm even in this position that I'm at. Because women are in certain positions, but they're not leadership positions. The only leader that we saw was part of like the armed forces, which was Lita's mom. So there's this gender issue that's very present in monarchies where like women don't have the same leadership position. And which is what I, why I think Game of Thrones is so good because Cersei is in leadership position and so is Daenerys. But that's very much not in line with monarchies and things like that. Of course there are outliers like Queen Elizabeth, things like that. But this show ad- acknowledges that there's a gender issue in, this, in like the groundwork or in the structure of their governing system. So that was cool, and that drew me in. But it's kind of like a theocracy where religion dominates, kind of like the High Sparrow, where the High Sparrow was the leader, and he basically decided who would die and who would live. Remember that? The High Sparrow? Game of Thrones? Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like that. Totalitarian, very, we decide what you get to do. We are in charge. You have to follow us. You have to bow down. Yeah, so that's those are the themes. So, what'd you think of the secondary characters, like the mom, Jaina Zod, the mom of the of the love interest, Lyta? I thought she was good. I thought her performance was good. I yeah, think she I was a good so. actress, and she really sold that, like authoritative and kind of a dick. She's very like the authority she, she, figure in Black Panther. Who? Then I uh. Okoye? Yeah, I liked her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but she's she's more like cold. Her, she was very cutthroat. 
She didn't give a shit about anyone except for her job, and that's it. So much so that she fucking stabbed her daughter in, in the arm. Or in the, that was pretty hard. She stabbed her daughter in the fucking hand. She didn't give a shit. I loved her. <laughs> yeah, I thought she was great. Seg's parents were okay. They didn't really stand out. And it makes sense why they didn't really... They were one-offs. Yeah. And then Barristan, who's also a Game of Thrones alum, uh, he plays Val. He had a no role, pretty much. I mean, he's going to come back. I think he's not dead, because they don't show his dad. He's gonna come I think he's definitely going to come back. He's going to help. They show him as, as a starting cast. So Yeah. So, so I'm pretty sure. Yeah. That or he's going to come out in a lot of flashbacks. Which, in terms of storytelling, I hate when superhero shows do that, because there are no real stakes. When you show that death is not death, then no one can really die. And it's hard to care about characters. So the fact that they showed him die in the first, showed him quote unquote die, and you're supposed to care, it all gets lifted from you when they show that he's alive, which I'm pretty sure is going to come. Not that it matters, but that's a lot of the problems that animes have. It started with superheroes, particularly with Superman. When Superman died, and he didn't die, it showed that it's the death of death in superheroes. Yeah, because like the death die. scenes are gonna like move the audience exactly. type thing, and then they could just oh it's okay we'll bring yeah. them back. Yeah, that's I kind of applaud the projects or shows that stay with their deaths. Yeah, which is like Game, Game of, of Thrones. Thrones. Really funny. Yeah, like I'm just like all right, like at least it means something, yeah. you know. I like mean, the first time someone came back was a big fucking deal. Yeah, obviously like, the monster reborn happened. on John was. Yeah, yeah that never happened. Yeah, but I still don't like him. I was one of the happy ones when he died. Uh, <laughs> boy, yeah, boy deserves to come back. Nah. Anyway. What did you think about the side characters? Secondary. Yeah, the secondary characters were a lot better than a lot of the shows that we've been watching recently, I feel. Yeah, I think I I got, like I said, I got a lot from the... Lyta. Lyta. Yeah, I got a lot from her, especially in her, like, lovey-dovey scenes. Yeah. Um, She's not just some, like, her mom. She's the exact opposite of her mom. She's smart. You know what we should talk about? They made the Zod family black. Which I thought was interesting because Zod has been so far pretty much a white person. That's true. He was white in in Smallville, right? He was also white in Man of Steel. He was white in everything. But what I wanted, what I thought was interesting, and maybe this is me reading too much into it, they put black people at the head of an like a police force, and in narratives we usually get the other way around where. Black people at the other end of the stick or at the end of the bullet in police forces. But now we have authoritative black woman who's very much a strong woman who's like, you know what I mean? Get your woke ass out of here, I dog. Know, I, don't know. Your... I, thought that was, I thought that was cool. Oh, my God. All right. It is yet to be seen whether or not it is a good representation yeah. because they have not been identified as black so far. There has been no racial issues inside of Krypton. The only thing that we know as the audience is that we see that they're physically black. But there is no acknowledge, acknowledgement of racial issues in Krypton. So we'll see what happens. We'll see if it's a diversity issue where they just put them in there for, for, for no reason or if it plays into the plot. And I'm excited to see. I don't know, man. I think it's just they're just there. See, well, that's, that's OK. So that's one of the issues that you bring up with. Like, I don't want to get my hopes up. 
You know? Yeah, see, so but I think that would make if they did that, that would set them apart from me. If they did that with Superman, someone who's fucking white as shit, if they did that with him, that would make it way more interesting to me. Question. Will Kalel be European here too? <laughs> he grows up American. Oh, true. Kansas boy. True. Yeah. Sorry. This show has a, has a problem with the second act. Because from the moment that he gets in trouble with the guards or the, the Sagis to the moment he goes to the fortress and his mom gets and his parents get killed, it happens so fast. It happened in like the span of like four minutes. So that seems kind of cool though. Super expedited. Yeah, I think that was I think that's another thing we could talk about. But yeah, I just think that it was way too fast. You get all this groundwork and you get all this like uh unpacking of who the character is, and then you get this quick, quick scene about like how the parents are they actually know about uh Val's studies and his research, and then they just die. I just thought it happened way too fast. I feel like they were playing with them a lot. Being like, oh, they're shady, but they're not shady. Yeah. They're shady, but, you know, like playing with... Uh, yeah. But they were literally just there to die. Okay, so my friend. Right. The moment our listeners have been waiting for. BTs. <laughs> oh, my God. Got so. them broken teas. Oh, man. All right. No, but you know what? I'm going to add a little extra one. Mm. Mm, a little extra one. You know your boy is about adding that extra sauce. Will. Superman come out on this show. It literally took Smallville 10 seasons to show him Superman. And it was the most garbage shit. Let me talk about that. Let me talk about that. Not only did it take him 10 years for that bullshit, but it was so bad. It was terrible. It was so bad. The CGI. Oh, my God. The the present. didn't even look tight. The The music. It was was whack. I'm sorry. God, Smallville. Clark will definitely come out. But I don't, I'm going to say no to Superman. Because we are in an age now where Superman is in films. Not even like a foreshadow? No, because we were, for Smallville, Smallville outlasted Superman in films. Because people hated Superman Returns that they didn't make a sequel. So he outlasted it. And the fact that there was going to be a new Superman project, that show was just all hype for the new movie. But there's already a Superman project in the works. But there's also just going to be a new Justice League. Like Superman is in film, and I think very much they want to keep him separate. So I don't think that he'll come out. So maybe Clark. I think Clark will definitely come out. Mm, does the show end with Jonathan and Martha finding Clark in the ruins? I think the show will probably end with like them, Kal-El and Jor-El sending out. Very much Rogue One. You know what I would like a lot, and mm. I think it would be pretty tight, if they did like a different, like if if this is, first season was that, and then second season they completely scrapped all the characters, and then just started with Jor El's story. That would be cool, but they're not gonna do that because they're they're building all these characters and like, do you mm. think this is an ambitious show, or do you think it's a safe show? Oh, that's hard. Man, I would say ambitious. Yeah. It's different. I'll say that much. It's it's very much different. And but that guy's reaching with the whole Game of Thrones thing. Okay, so when when shows about superheroes get made, right? It's very rare that it's 
a, like a mainline character. There's never been a Batman live action show. There's never even really been a Superman live action show. Everything is, a, is in the periphery because the real shit, that's saved for movies. So all the people who do get shows are secondhand names almost. I don't know if you ever thought about that. I did. Daredevil, second class hero. Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Flash, Arrow. These are all characters that no one gives a shit about. But because of these shows, they become household names. Do you think that this show will make Krypton a household name for people who are not super, for people who aren't comic book nerds? Like, is it that ambitious? Well, first of all, it's not going to reach all audiences. Because it's on side. People, yeah, I was about to say that. That's that's different. But it does does sci-fi have any affiliation with CW? Do, do, would you happen to know that? Uh, okay. Because then it would kind of. I think sense. this is their first. I think this is the first DC show outside of the CW. Because it would make sense because it's obviously in a network television channel, and they would have a lot more leeway to play yeah. with it. Sci-fi, it's a cable show, so it doesn't have it doesn't have like FX ratings. Yeah, but it has, has like yeah but i mean the marketing is there like i've been seeing this show all over the place. you know what not me really i haven't seen no i've seen really, a lot of no billboards billboards and ads for the show keep in mind listeners we live in la yeah this is the i even saw it i even saw it in texas this is the motherfucking mecca of billboards yeah yeah so i i really haven't seen it but you know it's an ambitious show and why you're getting me to like double, double, double think my answer, man. It's 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 freaking uh, it's ambitious because it's different. And they're not even going into Jor-El's story. No, it's that's it's it's different. I I admire them for giving me a different take, and I I want to see where this goes because I don't know anything about his ancestors, even Jor-El. I don't know. The only thing that bothered me a little is the realization that they're reaching Game of Thrones levels here. Yeah. Because we already have a Game of Thrones. Yeah. We already have that. And I like this because we don't have this. Okay. But if you're going to be trying to be Game of Thrones, then I'll just watch Game of Thrones. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I mean, Game of Thrones is kind of trash right now. So. Oh, excuse me. The anticipation for this last season is beyond hype, my friend. I don't know. This last season was not great. We can all admit that. All right, let's, let's get into the ratings. Now, Caesar, co-pilot. Hit me. My friend. What up? Was this a good pilot? So, at Pilot Boys, we do broken TVs in case oh you forgot. Hashtag broken TVs. Okay, BTs. The hashtag the BTs. Hashtag the BTs. I am going to rate it a 3.3. Broken TV. Dang, you're near me, dog. I don't think... That this was a great pilot. I don't think this was a bad pilot. I think it's very watchable. But there are a lot of times when this feels like daytime television. And the CGI was okay. Wasn't anything great. And I still, I I just don't think anything that pertains to Superman can escape Superman. And I think there were a lot of moments in this show where you're just like, yeah, we live in the shadow of Superman. And I mean, the characters were interesting and I liked the in-world building, but I don't think this was a great television pilot. I think you should watch it if you're a fan of Superman, but if you're tired of, of superheroes, this is probably 
a good alternative because it's not traditionally about just superheroes. It's more about Game of Thrones type sci-fi shit. Very like political. Yeah, it's very political, which is what Game of Thrones is about. So yeah, I'm going to go with 3.3 broken T's. All right. How many BTs? Hashtag. How many broken T's? How many BTVs is this show getting? So this television show has a lot of good, has a lot of bad. There's some real bad stuff. <laughs> real bad. All right. So the good stuff is that they, they're really trying to be different. It's not your ordinary DC show. I'll give them that. But that doesn't escape the bad. <laughs> no, it doesn't no, escape the bad, bad ladies and gents. Yeah, that bad still there. Like you said, uh, the more you get into it, the more like you're watching the Lifetime channel. It's, it's, it's just what it is. You know, it's it's a daytime television show. And it probably has a good slot on sci-fi. They're probably hoping. I'm going to go three point dose. Two? Three point two. You yeah. enjoyed this though. Three point two. You talked about how much you liked it. I liked it. Only that. But then you gave me the whole Game of Thrones comparison. It threw me off completely. Now I just see this as Game of Thrones wannabe. They reaching, dog. They're reaching hard. The bad is bad and the good is good. I don't know how. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Just, the highs are highs and the lows are Yeah, low. the highs are highs and the lows are hopes. The lows are hopes. Let's edit that out. <laughs> the lows are hopes. <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> Hashtag the lows are hopes. <laughs> this episode right. will be infamous for that. I think 3.2 is fair. All right. I mean, yeah, sure. All right. It's over a three, but I don't want to give it a high three. That's so let's get into prediction. How far do you see this show going? One season. Don't at me. You think it's going to only be one season? No revivals? No. One season. I'm sorry. God damn, bro. You mean. This will forever go down as one of David S. Goyer's failures. That is not true. Give me that prediction. I think this will go two seasons with a possible... Netflix denial and it'll die and this will be the end of it forever. This show is okay. It wasn't bad. It was pretty good. It wasn't great. There's better shows out there. Now let me ask you another question. Smallville or Krypton? Like first episode? Because that first episode was not um, that good. Not that good. So which one? I'd say Krypton. Smallville first episode was like a two point something, dog. The thing that I'm intrigued about this show is it being set apart from something like a Flash, something like like a Smallville. Okay. That's what I'm look. That's what I want from this show. So that's what I'm looking at. I will watch the second episode. Yeah, me too. Maybe yeah. the se- the series gets. <sighs> I'm still mad at you over the grownish thing. Man, you're a bitch, cuz. I'm sorry, dog. I thought that was not my guilty pleasure. I thought that was our. You know, it's funny, because when I said, oh, so you watched two episodes without me, you were like, yeah, so get over it. That's interesting that you're mad now. (laughs) Is this the end of Pilot Boy? No, this is a season finale. (laughs) No, no, it it isn't. Oh, Oh, well. Yeah, so next week on Pilot Boys, we'll be getting into HBO's Barry, starring Bill fucking Hader. Would you say you love Bill Hader, or you think he's I like Bill Hader a lot. Yeah, and he has yet to have like a leading TV show yet, and I'm really excited. Oh, it's coming. It's oh, it's here. It's here. It's Barry. Yeah, it's on HBO. 
I can't wait. Anyway, tune in next time. Tune in next for time. Or Barry featuring your favorite pilot. Your favorite pilot. Boy. Your only pilot boy. I'm sure the audience. We has have some... landed, bitches. Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> and remember, guys. Hashtag the loser hoes. <laughs> Peace.